You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. So Jenny, why is this book, why did you write this book? Why is this book important? And, and what, what is, how will this disciple somebody? Um, like, what does that look like with Wake Up Dead? Yeah. So I wrote this book mainly through my own experience um, over the last several years, really discovering this intense season, seasons of my life of being completely crushed. Have you ever been in a season where you just go, God, like, I, I trust you. I know you're supposedly here, but, like, I am being completely crushed here. Yes. We have one right here <laughs> with two arms up. There's another one. Yeah. This, okay, great. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, you're absolutely blessed when you go through something like that, even though it's the enemy that is usually the one um, resourcing that crushing. You have to wonder, why is God letting me go through this? But what I found out was, and it's all over the Bible. You know, it's like you find it in the Bible for the you know first time, right? Um, but what I found out is that um, God will allow the enemy to crush us because what happens is as we become this fine powder and you just, you know, because you, you could, if a vase falls off of a shelf and it cracks one piece off, you can just kind of glue it together, turn it let it face the wall, you know? So those things in life are like, oh, that kind of sucked, but I'm back. It's fine. But then there's the things that you shatter and all you can do is get a dustpan and throw yourself in the trash and go, I have no idea what's happening right now to me, body, you know, soul and spirit. But what happens is that this is actually the process by which things multiply and fruit comes. And one of those um, one of those examples is wine. 14 months before my massive, massive crushing, I asked God, make me into new wine. I want to be a completely different person. And I said 14 months because it was our Her Voice National Gathering. And I knew I didn't want to serve stale bread to anybody. I just wanted to be a new person. Well, I had no idea what I was actually asking for. I didn't think about how wine is made. Didn't think about grapes being crushed, fermented, left for dead. You know, I didn't think about any of that. I just asked God. And what happened was I walked into one of the most intense seasons of my life. But I can say what happened was I went from a sweet little grape Christian to a potent Christian. And wine has potency. Grapes are sweet and cute. You know, you can put them on salad. You can do all sorts of fun, cute Christian things with cute Christians. Um, but I didn't want to be that type of Christian. I wanted to be one with potency. And, he's, and he, he got to work and he let the enemy sift me. And um, on the other side of it, I mean, I wouldn't take it back for anything. But I have a heart to help people understand that you're not being left for dead. You're actually being processed for potency. And... I, I am refilming. If you, how many of you did the first, the YouTube? Um, I did that on YouTube. Okay, a lot of you. So I'm refilming those, and I, it's actually the information overlaps a little, but it's actually a new, a new way to walk people through this book. So it's going to be new for everybody in this building, and I'm doing it more like a guide, more like, you know, walking you as a group through discussion that you'll have in this room together. It, the richness of this study is actually going to come through the conversations you have after the video's off. 
So it'll be 30 minutes of video, but what you, the conversation you're going to have is truly, you're going to walk out of this building every Thursday night and go, my gosh, like I can feel the tangible fruit happening inside of me right now. And I, I do want to bring up really quick, um, I mean, there's so many verses we could go to, but Galatians 2.20, I don't know if you can throw that up there. I'm not sure what version we're working with these days. Any version's good. Every version's great. Do you just want to put up Galatians 2.20 for me? And when you start looking at the amount of scriptures, I couldn't even put every scripture about dying that's in here in that book. And I'm still discovering them. Do you know how many times we are asked to suffer with Christ so that we can rise with him? As Christians, we like Jesus to do all the dying and we do all the resurrecting. But the Bible says if you, part, if you participate in suffering with him, then you get to participate in his resurrection. But you can't look at the cross and walk around it and get to the resurrection side. You actually have to be sifted. We have to be sifted. Our flesh has to be sifted. And the enemy thinks he's getting away with the whole time. And sometimes he does because we don't have the right perspective and we leave God and we're mad at him. And in reality, we're missing our blessings. So Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. See, that sounds like death to me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's really about us leaving our own insignificant false identities and our old lives in order to become resurrected with Christ in us. And that is when you can go out into the world and I'm telling you, the devil will step out of your way. Once you get on the other side of this thing, you will, favor will find you. Finances will find you. You lay hands on people, the sick will recover. I mean, you'll be a walking, potent Christian. And guess what the world wants? Potency. They want potency out of Christianity. They're not looking for just a whole bunch of nice, smiling people who, who obey the rules. They're actually looking for light that will shatter their darkness. And guess what? When we have those interactions with people and we become the potency that shatters what's going on inside of them, just because we're in their presence, by the way, when you're potent, you don't even have to say cool stuff. You just need to be in the room. Okay, and when you're potent and you're in the room, the darkness will shatter and they'll be like, Okay, what do, you, what do you do on Sundays again? Now, where do you, where do you, right? We have to stop trying to get people to come here to get an encounter by somebody up here. The whole goal is that you carry the encounter out there and change the world. Amen. Amen. Which kind of leads up to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I, I would say that you have to turn a mic on before it works. Um, the other thing I would say is, is that we, you're like, I don't know if I need this study. Um, let me just give you, have you ever been offended? Yeah. You need this study. <laughs> have you ever felt a little bit out of control in your emotions? You, you need this study. Have you been, have you been tempted by sin? Recently, you need this study. Essentially, because dead people don't get offended. Um, dead people are walking forgiveness. 
It's because we're, we're dead to self, we're alive to Christ. And uh, John chapter 12, verse 24, we're preaching now, by the way. We're out of announcement zone. Um, it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. Um, but its death will... But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Um, and so that's, that's the premise behind this. And, and this really is, is it's discipleship, what's, what's happening on Thursday nights. It's, it's discipleship. It's, and I believe like what, what um, Jenny just said is as it happens in circles as it happens in community, as we're praying for one another, as we're talking through these things, these are not easy concepts because, you know, we have to, we have to make a decision. It's, it's, um, we don't, we don't just go, man, whoops, I died to flesh. I didn't, I didn't even mean to like, whoops. I, I just, I just died to my flesh. It's actually, it's, it's a submission, a submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit to the person of Jesus Christ, to God the Father, submitting ourselves to him and saying, nevertheless, not my will, but your, your will be done. And it, which brings us to what we're talking about this morning. You know, as um, Pastor Jenny and I were talking, and uh, Bob and Heather, and we, we've been talking just like the theme of the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of of what God is bringing us back to right now, like the foundations, the principles. Two weeks ago, we spoke on, um, well, we spoke on a really prayer and the word of God. Last week was on positional who we are in Christ Jesus, like fundamentals of our faith. And we can never, like we've said, we can never tire of the fundamentals of our faith. Amen? Because they're the fundamentals. They're, they are what what cause us really to be potent, Um in the world. And so this morning, we want to just start the conversation on prayer. And I really believe that for the next, you know, we're not a big series church. Have you noticed? Um, but really going into a series on prayer. And, you know, we could, there, there's so many types of prayer. There are so many, like, like where do you start? Okay, well, here's, where, here's where we start this morning. Um, I start with where I start with my kids when they can start to understand. And that is this. Prayer is talking to God. Everybody, prayer is talking to God. Okay, that's good. We're at a really good place right there. And prayer is one of those things where we all know we need to pray. Like we all know we need to work out. We all know we shouldn't eat, you know, um, as many carbs as we eat. We all know, like it's, prayer becomes, can almost become like a nagging, like you should have done better. You should have done more. We hear about prayer. We, we, we hear that, man, this is, God loves prayers all throughout the scriptures. Jesus prayed. Jesus went away. He refreshed himself. And actually our spirit, this is actually part of dying, which is, which is so interesting. But our, our spirit man, because our spirit man is pipelined to heaven, our spirit man is regenerated. We are new in Christ Jesus. The old is, is gone. The new has come. Um, you know, so there, there is a process. Um, we, we talk about it out of Hebrews chapter 4, uh, or Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, that, that by his 
one sacrifice, by his sacrifice, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So remember that we were completely, our, our spirit man was completely sanctified, meaning that, that we were justified. It's just as if we never sinned, which is, which is huge, by the way. Jesus took our place. And um, so now we're in a process of sanctification. Now we're in a process of our, our mind, our will, and emotions coming into alignment with the things of God. And, and that's why, you know, like you hear a message last week, and if you don't truly, like, understand, like, the grace message and the new covenant, you'll think of, like, awesome, Ben, that was an awesome message last week. Now I can just chill. I can just... I can just like relax. I don't need to talk to anybody because I know that God and I are good. I can just do what I want to do because him and I are good. Paul says, you know, Paul answers that question in Romans chapter six. He's like, do we go on sinning because grace abounds? He says, certainly not. Like there is purpose now for our righteous. We're, we're righteous. We're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus so that now we can live righteously. Oh, this is exciting, living righteous, isn't it? Thank you, two people that amened. Um, so now we, we get to live lives of righteousness because that's who we are. Because now our identity has changed, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. I'm, I'm not made righteous because I observe, observe certain holy days or not observe certain holy days. I'm not made righteous because I eat certain things or drink certain things or don't drink or eat certain things. Make sense? It's, it's now from the insides because he says I'm righteous, so now I'm righteous. So now my spirit man wants to do righteous things. That's why when somebody is an anointed preacher, teacher, whatever, and they're, they're speaking about the word of God, what does your spirit man want to do? Somebody yell it out. What do you want to do? You want to go home and read the word. And you make little commitments to yourself inside. You say, I'm going to read the word this week more than I've ever read the word in my whole life. And then Monday hits, and if we're not dead, we just go back and do the same thing because our, our flesh man is out front and he's actually leading us along. So Wake Up Dead is saying, hey, we're going to flip the script here and our spirit man is actually going to be out front and our spirit man is going to be dictating to our flesh that we're going to live righteous. Yes. Isn't that good? Yeah. And so uh, such a big part of this process, and this is what we were, Jenny and I were talking about, is, and, and what we've seen in people that say, hey, we did not have a prayer life, and now we have a prayer life, the, the difference is, and the testimonies are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so, um, Jenny, would, do you want to talk about, you had said something about sitting, walking, and standing prayer? And kind of the difference yeah. between those three. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk about that. God kind of gave me a, a template just a couple of weeks ago. He spoke something prophetically to me because I'm right now feeling this message is so incredibly important for you as an individual, but for us as the church. Like we're in a critical time where we've probably been able to live with a lot of margin of not praying very much, but we're coming into a time where God is pressing this issue because he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to deselect. When the pressure, you know, the, the air gets thin, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. One thing that he shared with me, and I'll talk about the sit, walk, stand thing, um, is he's funny. He, You know, God's, sometimes he, he's cryptic, especially in dreams, but also when you start having conversations with him, he'll kind of throw a question out, and then you're like, wait, are you asking this question because you really want 
to ask this other question, but he said to me, um, or asked me, um, Jenny, what do you, what do you think, who do you think a warrior is? Like, what do you think qualifies a warrior? And I'm like, I have a feeling I don't know the answer and that's why you're asking. Um, and he said, okay, good, good answer. Um, and he said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hint. What makes you an Oregonian? And I said, living in Oregon. And he said, because um, just like a warrior is, uh, just like Oregonian's not a personality, neither is warrior. Because I don't look like an Oregonian. I prefer to shave my armpits. I have extensions. I wear makeup. Whatever. Sorry, Oregon. But do I look like an Oregonian? Maybe I do sometimes, actually. But, yes. <laughs> Bob, yes. Okay, fine. Okay, so the analogy doesn't work. But, um... An Oregonian is simply somebody who resides in Oregon, right? A warrior is somebody who's in a war. But we were talking about this with the youth last Monday night because we're on prayer with youth too. I mean, come hell or high water, we're all going to be praying. By the way, just so you know, that's where we're going. Spoiler alert, everybody in this room is going to be praying and we're going to stop talking about it until we are. Not because we want you to be good Christians because God doesn't have a, have a sheet up with his little scorecard going, oh, you put your 20 minutes in. He doesn't do that. What we're talking about is you being able to connect in union with the father who resides on the inside of you so closely that you become a misfire every time to the enemy. A misfire every single time. We don't want you taken out and we need you in the army. We need you fit for the fight. Yeah. Okay, so this is about getting something to you, not getting you to perform. You have to understand this, and that's, that's right. why you're spending a lot of time on the righteousness in Christ, right, and who we are. So the other thing, though, in youth, um, Kristen Kirkland brought this up, and I was like, yep, that's the other part of it, is that if we're not aware of the fact that we're in a war as a warrior, then we're prisoners of war. Right? Because what happens if you're in a war and you're like, but I thought I was at Nordstrom's. Like, wait a minute, a war? I thought I'd just come to church to feel better about myself every week. What do you mean? What, like, I thought I was just going to come and just, just get the feel goods and then go back out and just start living my life feeling a little better about myself. Well, you, you've become a prisoner of war. And there is no any in between. There's either prisoner of war or there's warrior. Truly. And we need as many people who are prisoners of war, the awakening yes. to come out, get your fighting gear on and fight this battle together. Because I, I believe, and we've, we've read the book, God is going to have the church be the solution yeah. for the end times. Yes. We are the solution. Yeah. We are the answer. Yeah. You are. We are together. Not just the person preaching up here. The pastor can't do it all. I mean, come on. If he could do it all, we've already wrapped this thing up, right? Yeah. But it's going to be all of us as the entire body. So the sit, walk, stand. Yeah. Do you have anything to comment on that before I move? Well, I, I think if we were all praying, and this isn't this isn't condemnation. No, it's not. I just I want I want to hear that. This is not. Um, and I'm very sensitive to this as pastor because I know a lot of people have been the. Yeah. This is the, spiritual disciplines have been a bat that have been used to beat the church with for a long time, and so this is not a bat. This is an empowering. This is empowering to say, like, the, the, the frustration that you feel from the distance between where you currently are and where you know God has called you to be, the answer is in consecration. Mm -hmm. We don't worship consecration, but the answer is in being consecrated to prayer and, and to the reading of scriptures and, and to um, 
Because it changes you. Because it changes us. It, it's it's actually what remodels us from the inside out. Interesting thing right now in, in business and in the, uh, the coaching world, the business world is is they are actually talking about a lot of the same principles uh, about having mindfulness in the morning, about taking time. I can't tell you how many how many business gurus and leadership gurus how many are hearing this on podcasts all the time. Yeah. It's all about taking time. It's about meditation in the morning. It's about I, I take a, a book, I read a great quote, I, I meditate on the quote, I get silent, I, I eliminate distraction. What what are these things? These are things that actually. Jesus instituted to the church. Yep. And, and so people, people are, are on to this. And so um, I, I would say this. I would say that if we were all praying, um, un, un, like undistracted and not emergency prayers, and if you're praying emergency prayers, continue praying emergency prayers because God answers those. He's near to the brokenhearted. He's mighty to save. Like he is, he's, you know what I mean? He's close. He's close. He wants us to pray those prayers. He doesn't want us just to pray temptation prayers. Just when we're in temptation, God, help me in this time of temptation. Keep praying those prayers because actually that's, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. But when we get to a place where we're actually listening and sitting with the Lord and actually getting our instructions from the day because we are warriors, we're in a war, and we're getting battle plans for the day and we're getting equipped and filled up. I believe this. I believe if we were all praying, even five minutes a day like that, that we would be at four, five, six, seven services. This room could not hold everybody because the marching orders that he will give during the day and the strategies that he'll give during the day and the ideas that he would give us during the day um, would, would absolutely blow our minds. Yeah, I think as a society, one of the things that's happened, and just hear me out on this, but in the Christian world, I think that we have um, really elevated the ability to entertain people. Okay, so that's been like, oh, that's the goal. Become somebody that can really um, invigorate a crowd, right? But if you go back... Nothing wrong with that. There's a difference between entertainment and anointing, by the way. Do you want to hear what it is? Entertainment, because they can feel very similar. The anointing, the anointing is the potency. It's in the room. It's something that shifts you. You're like, that person speaking, maybe they're eloquent, maybe they're not, but the anointing, something in you is shifting and, and yeah. changing, and you can't even put your finger on it, but yeah. it's the anointing because it breaks yokes. It breaks change. And entertainment can feel very similar, but the difference is, is that entertainment starts high and then over the course of a meeting, it wanes. The anointing builds and it builds. It should be building right now. If we have any anointing whatsoever, it should be building. It should be building, right? It yeah. should be like, okay, okay, it's breaking through, it's breaking through, right? That's the anointing. So when you sit down with your teenager and you've been in prayer, but by the way, that's where you get anointing. You get anointing because you get crushed and you're in prayer. Not because you prayed. Hear what I'm saying? You don't get anointing because you prayed. You get it in the union with the Father yeah. when you're alone. Yeah. Hear what I'm saying? I can go to the gym and walk around and look at machines and do like two bicep curls and walk out. Yeah. I've been to the gym. Okay, so we're not talking about put your time in. I'm talking about heart to heart 
nose to nose, forehead to forehead. I'm talking about this very deliberate, this very deliberate intentionality with the Father. And you know what? I first came to prayer because I was not raised as a, I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't raised as a Christian. So what I had to do was just sit down with God and say, I don't know me. And I don't really know you. God, would you show me? I'm, I'm literally starting infancy. He said, pull out a piece of paper. I just started writing. He knew that through writing and through journaling, I could get some of this. But I just started with where I was. There was no pretending. There was no like, so let's just kind of pretend I know what I'm doing here. No, I just got in there and I got honest. And I sat with him like I was sitting at coffee with somebody. Okay, so sit, walk, stand. And I believe there's an old time book. Oh, let me, let me back up, back up. Sorry. The gifts are for free. Okay. The gifts are for free. The gifts that God gave you are for free. You do not have to pray for your gifts to operate. That's why it feels like you don't need to pray. Gift of motherhood. You don't need to pray for that. Your gift will operate. Thank God our whole world would fall apart. God's like, here's all the gifts you need to survive so that you don't completely fall off the map, right? So we don't earn our gifts. You don't even have to go to church to use your gifts. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to pray. You don't even have to act like a Christian. That's why we have some really good music in the world outside of the the church, right? Because our gifts are operating. Their gifts are operating. You can feel them and you can sense them, right? The anointing, however, will cost you everything. If you want your gift to change you, your kids, people around you, and you want that potency, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. And you know what? That's a really unpopular message. If we were trying to fill this building and put it to 10 services, we wouldn't say stuff like this. We would say stuff that it's not going to cost you anything. You can just do whatever. And, And you know what? God still loves you and you're still going to heaven. But here's the thing. What if you set loose just this room in Portland, Vancouver, just this room, Gresham, all the way, I mean, all the way through this whole region, we would flip the world upside down with this many potent people. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we could flip, you know, 12 guys did it, okay? And then 11, because one guy bailed. But (laughs) there's always one. That's all right. Um, So when you look at... Um, A.W. Tozer, when you read some of these greats, when you read about, guess what you'll find in all of them? Some of them were great. Some of them preached forever. Some of them preached short. Some of them put up tents by themselves. Some of them, you know, all these things, but their, but their, but their intercession life, you guys, that was a thing that was taught back in, before I was born, that was like not negotiable. I mean, it was like, if we're doing anything at all as a Christian, we are connecting with God in prayer. Do you see what I'm saying? So it can feel like, an, like prayer can feel like this accessory now. Like some days I wear earrings, some days I don't. Some days I pray, some days I don't, you know? And so we're getting, we have to get back to the foundation of our Christianity, which is my life is no longer mine. I'm going to give it to Christ and I'm not going to, and here's the funniest part about this whole conversation. When you connect with God, you get completely full you get complete like ideas like, oh, for work strategies. Oh, for kids. Like God gave me a strategy this morning about one of my kids. I mean, it's not like I went to prayer, just gave him everything and then walked away and went, oh, be in my prayer life. No, I walked, I came, we talked about some stuff and then he dumped 
some things for me for this week. It was radical. It was amazing. But that's, that's every time. Now, I'm not saying that every time it's like, you know, fireworks, but I am saying that every time I'm better off yeah. because I sat with him every time. Yeah. I ne- he never goes, you know what? You buy coffee this time. Yeah. You buy coffee this time. You know what I'm saying? And then you walk away and you're like, that was a pretty good conversation and I bought the coffee. No, every time, he, believe me, he's not going to let you leave his presence without a deposit. Yeah. Okay, so that's what, that's what drives me, honestly, every morning is I know that I can go get a deposit. I need a deposit because I am crazy and not very nice and I can be mean and I can be Andre and I don't want to be that way to the people I love. I can be nice to you guys, but the people I love the most are the ones that we can treat like we hate the most because we've not been in prayer and, and our flesh is out front, right? And I just decided somewhere along the way, I'm not good enough. My giftings aren't good enough for me to live a successful life. The success of my life is that I can walk in love to my enemies, that I can walk in wisdom when there's big, huge problems. So define how you want to live your life. How do you want to execute your day? How do you want to interact with your grandchildren? Do you want to be seen as a hero or do you want to be seen as grandma who whined all the time? And nobody will tell you that because no one's going to be honest with you, but they're going to talk about it behind your back. Am I being way too real for you right now? Okay. So sit, walk, stand. Let's do that. All right. This is super simple, which is why he gave it to me. Sit, walk, stand. He just said, sit, sitting prayer, walking prayer, standing prayer. And he said, sitting prayer was literally what Jesus said, go into your room. Matthew 6, 8, go into your room in secret. Believe me, all those people standing out in public, praying, 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 their reward is, I'm going to give them a reward. But if you want the real secrets, go into your room where nobody sees you, shut the door, and pray to your father in secret. So sitting prayer is when we're doing nothing else. Nothing else. Do you know how much, okay, ladies, we're going to be all on the same page on this one. And some men, but mostly ladies. When my husband sits down and goes, he'll go like this and look at me in the eyes. And he doesn't have a phone. He's going like this too. How many of you just love it when your husband's on the phone while you're trying to talk to him? It's so awesome. You're like, I love competing with that text message. I love competing with Instagram. I love competing with the political Facebook videos. This is so awesome. We repent. Okay. This is really a marriage seminar. Um, Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every time I have something to say to Bob, I don't expect him to drop everything. I mean, that's unrealistic, and that that would mean I have a wound of rejection that needs healed. But if I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you about some stuff, blah, 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 him and I can walk and talk really well. Him and I have that, like, a walk and talk lifestyle, but I am telling you right now, if he doesn't sit and listen to me, and it doesn't have to be every day, it doesn't have to be a certain amount of time, but him and I have to lock eyeballs because there's a different connection. I want you to think about a friendship that you have here that you just have the hallway, church hallway friendship. Oh, hey, good to see you. They always sit behind me. Like, it's cool, right? 
but you've never gone to coffee and you've never sat down or had dinner together and just looked at each other across the table and just had a conversation. That's a different level of intimacy. It's a different level of relationship. So sitting prayer is it's me and you, God. And can I, can I share with you the enemy of that time? How many of you already know? Can I, can I expand that a little further? Yes. I actually think, and hear me, hear me on this. This I'm, I'm not giving, I'm not giving a new legalistic order for the church to follow. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. I think that worship music can become idolatry. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when God told me to shut it off. The worship music because it's I have worship music on, therefore I'm connecting with God. Listen, I can have worship music on and still be disconnected. And, and just have it on in the background. So I'm not saying turn your worship music off. I'm, I'm just saying that there, there is something about distraction. And, and I, mean, I mean, Heather could testify that, you know, for me, this, if, if, I, have, if I have this, it's, I mean, there's, because I'll go to my Bible app, but on the way to the Bible app, there's so many cool apps on the way there. <laughs> I'm like, no, seriously, like my Bible app. And then I'm like, oh, ESPN, my, how's my, the bracket doing? Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm watching a YouTube video about cats on playing piano. And I'm like, I have no clue how I got there. 35 minutes later, it's and then I've got to get to a meeting. Yep. Also, you know, we'll get to some practicals in a minute, but I have some practical suggestions on this. One, one verse I want to read really quick, because, you know, as Jenny's talking, um, I believe there's like a mag, something in your spirit. There's a magnet in your spirit that's being pulled right now. And, and you can feel God, God is pulling. He's wooing us right now. Amen. So just say yes to that. Don't beat yourself up for what you haven't done. Just say yes to what God wants to do. It's like we're talk, trying to talk people into going to get their million dollars. You can do it, you guys. Yeah, but you can do it. We believe this. in you. Go get your million so, dollars. So you know how we talk. There's so much in prayer. It's so funny how we have to position it. It's not right. Yep. It's not right because there's so much in prayer for you. <laughs> but that's why the enemy doesn't want you. Guys, do you know why he says, you should take your phone to prayer? Guess what I found out? Like this morning, it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up at six. If I don't start getting ready by seven, then we're all going to be late, which happened anyway. So hold this loosely. But here's the thing. This alarm, if I used to be like, well, I have to take my phone here because I have to see what time it is. I mean, and I can get lost in prayer, right? But then it was like, text messages pop up. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to text her back last night. I'll just do that really quick. And then who knows where else I'm going after that. This be- I had to come to terms that this is how the enemy decided to break up my oneness with God. I had to decide I'm not strong enough. So this now goes in the other room with an alarm on it because those alarms can be heard across like miles away, mm-hmm. the really annoying one. And... That's how it works, right? So it, it, we, we were talking about this. You know, we've never done like a 21-day fast as a church. A lot of churches do that. What if, what if this church and you decide, it's kind of like tithing, it's kind of like fasting. I mean, do the Daniel fast, do the lemons and water fast, whatever. Like, but what if you decided you start with five minutes? And this is what I know. If I roll out of bed and I even look at what came in, I am screwed. Can I say that in here? Non-religious church? Thank yes. you. Because, not that I'm using it as a license to, maybe some people think is a curse word. 
Are there any children in here? I'm sorry, parents. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm really passionate about this, you guys, because it's stealing. The enemy is stealing from us and we're biting the bait. I have, I'll talk about myself. Hook, line, and sinker, because this can make me feel like it's so important. There's things that are so important. Oh, I should have texted them back. I forgot to. And I feel obligated. See, the enemy knows exactly what text message to send you. He knows what to pop up. He's, 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 he's working on it. He's working on how to, how to separate us, right? So what if, as a church, we decided to fast any devices, iPad, whatever, devices, devices, device, in the morning, and you rolled out of bed, and you, you decide... X amount. It could be five minutes. I am going to sit with the Lord, fast this thing, which means it needs to be in another room. It's like, I, it's like fasting and then making yourself a meal and then looking at it. Like not a good idea. Okay. Get it out of the room. Get it out of the room. Okay. I was, I'm, I'm, I went to school to be a dietitian by trade and, you know, helping people lose weight and stuff. And they're like, I just can't stop eating cookies. And like, where are the cookies at? In my cabinet. I'm like, how'd they get there? I bought I'm like, okay, so let's go to the grocery store in your mind. Mine's eye right now. You know, so we, we have this thing thinking we're stronger than we are. It's okay to admit some weaknesses. It's okay to say, I know how the enemy will, he'll get me right here. The other way the enemy gets me is Jenny sleep in a little bit. It's still early. And then I get up and like two seconds later, my kids start getting up. So then I was like, nope, okay. That's the second one he got me with. So I've just had to track how I'm going to protect my oneness with God is worth protecting. It's worth an alarm clock. It's worth, it's worth it. D- catch that. It's protecting. It's protecting. It's, 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 we're protecting that which is valuable. We're protecting that which is valuable. I want to read a scripture. It says, and this is another scripture. There's, um, I talk about one of my pet peeve scriptures is, is Philippians 2.12. When it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And people don't finish the second part of that scripture, they just drop it there. And it's for God is he's, you know, he's giving us the desire and the ability to do what pleases him. This is the other one. This is the other verse. Okay. It says, no, eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Oh man. Isn't that neat? I was like, wait, that's, it's not done. It says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. And that's that's what Jenny was talking about when it comes to, um, and, and see, here's this is a prime example. Is, is my iPad is dinging and messages are coming up right now. Not for many of you, thank God. Um, and it's distracting me. Um, so it's, it's in those times of that, even if that five minutes of that nose to nose, that forehead to forehead, that face to face, where we're just saying, God, what, what Holy Spirit, what would you want to speak to me right now? And, and yeah, it's, right it's, there, can yeah. I give you really, something really, really practical? Ask the, these two questions. What do you want me to know? And wait. And then what do you want me to do? That'll fill up way more than five minutes. But just get in that place of rest. Yeah. What do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Sometimes the doing, he's like nothing. I just want you to know it and just hold it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the doing is some instructions. Yeah. 
And you have to practice this. You have to practice because you might think, well, that was just me. I promise you if it was anything godly, like some people are like, yeah, I mean, I felt like I was supposed to start an orphanage, but what if it's the devil? I'm like, devil doesn't start orphanages. So it definitely wasn't him. I mean, there's just some practicals. If it's like, I was told to rob a bank this morning, that's the devil. I mean, we can just be really practical about it. Was it to fund an orphanage? Ah, Mm. no. Okay. There's a better way. (laughs) Yeah. Also, when you spend time with the Lord, he takes care of confusing thoughts like that one. And um, just just a, a couple quick things. Prayer helps us. I wrote this down. Prayer helps us to die. It tells our flesh who's boss. Um, that's why Je- Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane told him and his disciples, um, he said, watch and pray. Keep watching, and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Um, so it gives us strength to avoid temptation. Um, it aligns, Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It aligns my will with God's will. That's huge, by the way. When, when the psalm says, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, I believe those desires are implanted from his desires. Because I've, yeah, I've heard people say, well, what if my desire is a yacht? Well, cool. Did God give you that desire? If, if, is that a desire that's birthed out of prayer? Is that a desire that's, well, cool. But it's actually his desires get implanted within us, which become our desires. Um, it tunes our ears into what he's saying. And I want to hit on this one. It multiplies time. I don't know how this happens, but it multiplies time. How, how many would just, would just say that it, it multiplies time? time. Can and I that's also one of the things that the enemy says you're not going to have enough time to do. Exactly. That's the lie. And here's, here's the, the temptation for me is I'll say this. I'll get my prayer time in later. There, it never happens. It never happens. It never happens. You know, I might get some walking prayer in. So, would you explain what walking prayer is? Okay, real simple. The sitting prayer is I'm doing nothing else. This is consecrated time. That's the most important. Walking prayer is like Bob and I go into Costco, walking and talking. Right? You're walking and talking with God. You're doing the dishes. You're thanking God. Like your aunt comes across your mind. Pray for her. When people come across your mind, pray for them. You're praying while you're driving. You're, you know, pray without ceasing, right? The Bible says pray without ceasing. So we can't be sitting and praying for 24 hours unless we're like a monk or something. But so we have the sitting, we have the walking, and then the standing prayer is you have, it's, standing prayer is like, like I am inside this particular scripture for this particular thing in my life happening. Like any parent will understand this. If you have a child, you're like, okay, I'm standing on this verse. Or maybe your finances, I'm standing in this. And so you're not just like, I love this verse and I'll just think of it every once in a while and I'll stand on it. No, you're like in it. You're walking in it. You're thanking God for it during the day. You're standing in it. So that's sit, walk, stand. And I think, I mean, if we just as a church made, you already have a walking prayer life if if you have a sitting prayer life. Because you sit with God, you'll walk with him all all day long. Write that down. So you don't have to try to have a walking prayer life because if you sit with him, you just want to keep talking, right? Because you're like, okay, wait, I I have to go do this and you're going to come with me, but let's keep talking about this. I do want to, I have one more thing. Did you have something to say on that? Okay. Um, Hey, Bob, will you hand me Heather, Ashton, and Al, since you're right here, will you come up here? And then... um, also, Brooke, come up here. You guys are just, you're not going to say anything, but they have no idea what I'm doing here. Okay. So in prayer this morning, this is something that God showed me. It always works out in my head. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. 
But Brooke, go ahead and come over here and hold on to her leg. Okay? And then Al, go ahead and hold on to her arm. Okay? And then Ashton, hold on to her arm here. So I want you guys just to pull gently. I mean, that is an American Girl doll, so let's yeah. not do too hard. <laughs> I don't let my kids brush. Of like the Target ones, you can brush their hair because it just goes horrible, right? With her, I'm like, she's so cute. Let's not brush her hair. Isn't she cute? So, okay. So this is what the Lord told me that the day has for me. Okay, pulling. Heather is going to represent ministry. Yeah. Ministry, right? There's things to, yeah, twist her leg, exactly. Twist it <laughs> around in circles because that's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> and then there's all these little appendages, right, to the ministry. Yeah. So there's a, lot, there's a lot pulling, right? That could be anything. And when I say ministry, it's anything that God has you do for him. Like, you, you know, you got to get your house ready because you have people coming over. There's somebody that needs prayer that afternoon. You got to call them. Someone's not doing well. God put them on your heart. Like, I need to check in on them, right? So there's pulling. There's demands. These are demands, and then Ashton represents kids, family, demands. Pull real hard. Just kidding. <laughs> Al is going to represent giftings because your giftings will actually demand of you, right? If you have a certain gift, people are pulling on you for it, right? He's driving out to Crestview on the mountain to teach my daughter violin and all these other people's stuff. And I mean, he's doing a lot, right? His gifting is demanding. But this all represents one person. Does that make sense? This isn't four people's lives. This is one, this is her life. Okay. And then Brooke represents work. Okay. Whatever it is that we have to do to make um, the income to, for the provision. So everything's pulling, right? And what the Lord told me is that he, there's no, there's nothing pulling on us. Like, oh, I have to take care of my body and I need to take care of my spirit and I need to take care of my soul. Have you noticed that your workout never forces you in? Have you noticed that your healthy eating has never forced you? Like, ah, oh, I gotta get to this broccoli before I get into anything else. Prayers, this getting with God is the same thing. This is all the outside world, and we could live our life just being pulled by this. Our whole life could be a summation of that. But right here, how good is she gonna be for all these things if there's nothing pouring in? Yeah, yeah. So this becomes as effective or as anointed as the pouring in. And what God showed me was he's wooing our heart. He's wooing our heart into prayer. He's wooing our heart into taking care of our physical bodies. Yeah. Is there music happening? That's so interesting. Oh, there's a phone ringing? Oh, it sounds like an organ. Okay. Um, and there, there's, right, there's this pulling of her heart, right? But, there's, but it's a wooing of the spirit. These are natural things pulling, but there's, but our spirit man has to hear the, the call, the woo, but God is not going to tug and pull the world will though. So this is what the Lord told me is before the day starts. Okay. So everybody let go before everybody starts pulling, get in. This is fun, right? Get in his presence and take care of yourself. I heard in my, in my sleep two nights ago, and when I hear these phrases, I feel like they're for me and the body of Christ. And I heard this really simple phrase, and I believe it's from God to all of us. You ready for this? Write it down because it's so simple, you could forget it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Life situations, you can take her. Um, but what he showed me here, and I'm going to tell you the phrase in just a minute. What he showed me here was 
this life where we don't have prayer and we don't take care of our physical temple, we are living a life on defense. And you, you and I both know that that makes you feel really ornery and irritated when all you do is do the stuff that God's called you to do. Because did you notice none of them were the devil? None of them were an addiction. That's right. That's good. They were all assignments from God. Ministry, children, and it's, sometimes you feel like, and I'll cut this arm off, <laughs> right? And what, that's what happens. And then we go, to, we go to numb ourselves with addictions. We go find counterfeit whatever. And guess what? It's all found in prayer. But I heard this in my sleep. And so let's get on, def- on, on offense. This is what God wanted this morning. He said, get your life on offense. Get on offense. Get one step ahead of the enemy. Because the enemy knows how to send your ministry to twist your leg and pull it off. And me going to a rally and ministering and watching people get set free and delivered and meet Jesus and get saved is not my prayer life. That's me pouring out. That's not him pouring in. Okay? So if I'm going to be any good for any long period of time, the way to protect the ministry, the way to protect my children, the way to protect the calling, the business, whatever, is to, to protect me. So this is what he said in the middle of the night. It's really, really great. It's really simple. Here's what it is. He said, I give you permission. Are you ready? You're going to have to have some, some God self-worth here for this one. To believe me, you're going to have to say, I'm, I must be worthy of this. If you don't think you're worthy and you think you're a piece of junk or you're just kind of okay, or you're just kind of like one of those mediocre people, this isn't going to work for you. So I want you to elevate your faith in who God's made you to be. He's not looking at your actions. He's looking at who he created. Okay, he's talking to who he created. And you are worth the life of Jesus Christ because that was how much he paid for you to win you back. We're worth whatever whatever something's paid for. Right, that American Girl doll is about 100, 100, 110, something like that, 110 bucks. That's how much she's worth. You're worth the life of Christ. That's how much you were paid. The cross paid for that, okay? So think about when I say this statement, you're going to have to think about your worth, okay? Here's what it is. I give you permission to take care of yourself. That was it. I give you permission to take care of yourself. If I suspect a little space in my heart where I'm kind of mad at somebody, Jenny, I give you permission to take care of yourself, which means I have to go in with my father and I have to say, gosh, that hurt me. But I don't want to walk around with that sting in my heart over them. God, I, I don't want unforgiveness in my heart because that'll hurt me. And I don't, I don't want to be a, cushion, a pin cushion for the enemy. I, I want to be an outpouring to the world. I want to be an outpouring. I want to be a blessing to my family. I want to be a blessing to myself. I want to be a blessing to you, God. And so he says, okay, are you ready to give that person to me? Are you ready to completely forgive them and remove all judgment and even repent for that? I am. I am. Get that. I don't want to be a pin cushion, right? For the enemy. It's like a voodoo system for the enemy, just pinning us with offense and things like that. And I don't want that stuff in my heart. So I just take care of it because he gives me permission to take care of myself. And I just prophesy that over you that the father says, I give you permission to take care of yourself. That's what prayer is. It's taking care of yourself because you know what? 
you got some stuff to do on this earth. He also showed me a picture of that doll being represented as the church itself, the body. And he says he wants us to not be pulled in all sorts of directions as the body of Christ. He wants us to find ourselves in consecrated prayer as a body so that the enemy doesn't keep pulling us. I, I wanna share this really quick um, because here's the thing, you guys. As there's so much personal reward in prayer that that's enough of a reason to go there, okay? There's so much personal benefit, just Jenny. But here's the bigger thing. I asked the Lord after this morning, I said, and I had to try to remember this because I didn't have my phone on me, right? And I didn't take my journal, which you might want to take a journal with you because he starts talking. He, I asked God, what's on your mind? This is what he said. Because I was like, okay, enough about me. What's on your mind, God, you know? And he said, the nations. For every tribe and every tongue to come to the acknowledgement of me. And then he said, my way to do this is the church. That's how I'm gonna get to everybody, through you, through the army. That's why we're here. That's why you come every Sunday morning because you're being trained. You're being fit for the fight ahead. And if the fight's a good thing, we're built for it, right? We're built for it, we're built for this. And God is gonna mobilize an army out to the world because guess what? They are suffering. The world is suffering. The world system is pulling them further down. But you and I can carry the torch, the light, the love. It's the ministry of love. It's not the ministry of, I know some verses that you really need to read. It's the ministry of love that's going to break the yoke of the people who are hurting out there. Now you can only do your part, right? You can't do my part. You can't do your neighbor's part. You can only do your part. But I'm telling you, your best life is on the other side of that. Now, some of you are preaching the choir. You have a crazy, amazing prayer life. But as a whole, as a family, let's all shift. Let's begin to move in that direction. Maybe it's five minutes tomorrow. Maybe maybe you've been in th for 30 minutes and it's just not enough. In fact, the Lord told me this morning, Pastor Ben, he said, everybody in this house today, including all of us, we are going to another level, a deeper level in prayer. And we're going to be so fired up. It's just going to be, it's going to energize us individually. It's going to energize our family and it's going to energize us as a family. Hey, let's all, let's all stand. That's so good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. How many feel, how many, your spirit man is like jumping up and down right now? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because when you talk about something like this, it's it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. And I, I love that because if, if I'm just left to my myself, it's I'm just gonna think about my own my own pet ideas, my own ideologies, my own. But it's like when, even when, when Jenny just said, Pastor Jenny said the, the nations, like that's that's that kind of stuff is birthed out of prayer. Like, how did that person, you know, like when Britt and Audrey were here, you're like, how did they do that? How did they do that? Because they just emanated Jesus. And it was like, oh, through prayer. 
through lots and lots of prayer and laying down their life and obeying what God said in those times of prayer. And the per- this passage of scripture was just quickened to me when we were when Jenny was speaking. And Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And I just thought, like, this is who we want to be. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, speaking of the well water. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within within them, giving them eternal life. And it's a spring that never runs dry. Amen. It's a spring that never runs dry. So, Father, we thank you this morning. Jesus, we thank you this morning for the quickening of your spirit inside of each and every one of us right now. And Lord, we thank you that the word um, repent is, is again grace. Again grace to change. Again grace to change. Um, I looked at the clock this morning. I'm not a big numbers guy. Uh, people are like, I see this number everywhere. I'm, I'm like, I just see numbers everywhere. I don't, I just, but this morning I, I happened to, I looked up at the clock and it was five, five, five. It was, and this is grace, 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 grace. So there's grace this morning to repent and just say, uh, yeah, again, grace, again, grace, re again, pent five grace, again, grace. There's again, grace this morning, just to say, Lord, um, forgive me for jumping into my day because I feel like I have to produce because I feel like I, I have so much on my plate because I feel like if, if I don't, that the, the world around me is going to fall down because I feel pressure on my shoulders or I feel the, 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 um, the voice of my to-do list. I hear the voice of, of, of emails and, and of text messages. So Father, we, we repent right now for, for not putting you first and most. And Lord, we thank you that you're giving us a strategy in the coming days to put you first and that our spirit is going to become like that river of living water, that spring of living water that's connected to the source that never runs dry. It's a spring of living, eternal water. So Lord, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that the desire that our spirit man feels right now that we would put into practice tomorrow as we wake up tomorrow morning. Father, that you would give us the desire and the power to do what pleases you, Lord. And God, I just pray for a supernatural grace over the collective church that we would be a church of prayer, that we would be potent. Who wants to be potent? I mean, I mean that, that should be everyone's desire is to be potent in our faith. Lord, we desire the new wine. So would you make us into new wine skins that can receive your new wine in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you'd purge out any old concepts, ideas, thoughts that are not from you. Any, any filters that we have that are not from the Holy Spirit, Lord, we're asking, we're just asking to shed those this morning. And I, God, I pray for fresh eyes, fresh eyes to see and that you're going to open the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. 
To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.